Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. This week is all about celebrating a couple of the greatest women in my life. Hey, it's Mother's Day, so you know where I'm headed. Mother's Day series part one of two to be exact. I actually met today's guest before I met my wife, playing a gig at the University of Arkansas, which I used to frequently do when I was younger. Those dots were connected later when I showed up at her home waiting on her second of four children, Uh, to arrive and yes later marry me born and raised in northwest arkansas to pursuing and becoming a talented nurse to being the pivotal force behind cleaning up not only conway but faulkner county and the entire state we're going to get into that because that's something that's close to my heart witnessing the most loving wife to her charlie and i can tell you from experience and I know she's the only one I've ever had, but she is such a wonderful mother-in-law for sure. So without further ado, please welcome to a Mississippi Minute. I call her Mama Nab, Charlotte Nabholes. What's up, Mom? Hello, Steve. Well, what a wonderful introduction. I, uh, <clears throat> I uh, feel very, very uh, blown up here. Oh, that's all right. You deserve it. You deserve it. So are you uh, at your home in Conway or Hot Springs right now? I'm in Conway. Okay. Uh, All right. How's, we how, just got back from Hot Springs, but I'm in Conway now. How's your uh, horse racing uh, your going this year? Are you up or down? <clears throat> well, uh, let's just put it this way. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of entertainment, <laughs> and it's it has cost <laughs> me money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So for people that don't know about my upbringing, my grandparents used to spend the entire time in Hot Springs. That was their vacation. My dad's mom and dad and aunts and uncles all went and lived in a hotel for the entire racing season. Uh, I never got to know my mother-in-law until later on in life, but now they have that box. And so we're getting to sort of relive memories uh, now, and it's been fun, and I know she has a blast. And uh, so we won't spend too much time on horse racing. Mom, I want to talk about growing up first. Uh, You grew up in northwest Arkansas, which is obviously booming now. Uh, All aspects, all facets, all areas of it just blowing up. Uh, What was it like growing up as a child? What was the town like and just uh, being around your siblings and your mom and dad? Well, I really had a wonderful childhood. Um, I lived. I grew up on the farm, and I had uh, uh, there were four of us children. 
sort of spread out a bit, but uh, we, uh, our parents were hard workers and, and down-to-earth wonderful people, and uh, I, I just uh, feel like I had the best upbringing that one could have. I, living on the farm really was a wonderful existence. We had cattle, we had uh, orchards, we had wonderful gardens and uh, all the fresh vegetables and and everything uh, to eat. But um, after growing up on it, I, I knew that I did not want to go back to it. I had not planned to marry a farmer if I could help it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, I love it. Uh, Fayetteville was a uh, you know, a great town to grow up in. Of course, it was a lot smaller than it is now, um, but with the influence of the university there and um, all of the uh, wonderful places to around about, uh, it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love it. Okay, so where did you fall in line? What number child? I'm the third child. I have a brother that is eight years older. A sister uh, who was four years older, she is deceased, and then I, and then I have a brother that's eight years younger. So, like I said, we were very spread out. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, were they like, well, it's time to have a child, time to, I mean, that's a lot of distance between each one of you. What was that? What was I that? know. We, we may we may have all been accidents. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait, we're talking to my mother-in-law, mom, mom, nab, mama, nab. Wait a minute. So, uh, do you were you able to be close? Maybe the one, maybe your Aunt Frances, right? Uh, four years older, but being eight years and twelve years then apart of your yeah. oldest. And, you know, ironically, my two brothers are very close now and have been for a, a, a lot of years. Uh, although my younger brother lives in Fayetteville and my oldest brother lives in Florida, but uh, they, uh, <coughs> they're they very close. My sister and I were really close growing up, of course. But uh, <coughs> 16 years uh, apart between number one and number four, right? Mm-hmm. That's my right. math. How about me? Are you, That's imp- correct. You're That's impressed correct. with my math? Are you impressed a little bit? I am. <laughs> don't, don't push it any further than that. I think you know. Okay, so growing up, were you interested in, what, what were your interests growing up as a child looking back? Uh, well, I, I've always wanted to be a nurse. I do remember that. My sister always wanted to be a teacher, and I wanted to be a nurse. But uh, I just loved playing. I loved to be outside and uh and, you know, uh, just enjoying the outdoors. I had to work a lot on the farm. We were expected to to uh, work and, in the, uh, and, of course, in the house and everything. So I just grew up with a strong work ethic, which I, I really appreciate. I was glad that my uh, mother taught me to do all the things in the house and, and that I had to work and uh, because later it, it, it was easy for me to do things because I was used to it, knew how to do it. You're known for, uh, it's, your, your granddaughter's coming into the studio right now, and I'm telling her she has to hold it down. <laughs> uh, you're, you're known for always being dressed and ready to go. All right, that, this, is, this comes, we, we know that. So did oh, you really? get up, were you an early riser, get up, get dressed, and be re- even if you had chores at 6 in the morning or whatever, would you, were you always like that? 
Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I liked to sleep late when I was a teenager, uh, of course, but I couldn't always do it. And, of course, going to school, I always had to get up early and get ready. And um, I, I did have chores I had to do at home. So I've always had a lot of energy. I really am so thankful for that. I, uh, and I don't. I don't know. I just did what I had to do, and especially when I had four small children, I had to. I always got up early yeah. and got with it. But. Yeah, I love that. So, for people that don't quite understand what I'm talking about, when I see Nurse Charlotte or Mama Nab, we call her many things. Uh, everything that uh, is wonderful, indeed. But she's always ready to roll, like she's dressed, ready, makeup on, dressed to the hilt. And if there's like some sort of like uh, uh, natural disaster coming, she's prepared. She's ready to go. And she's got her cooler <laughs> packed and we could like live on an island for a couple days, I think. Uh, but, but, but mom, so what were your chores like on the farm? I mean, t- so was it just typical farm stuff? Were there cows? Were, you know, were you guys were living off the farm? Well, we, uh, we had a full-fledged farm. Uh, I, my sister and I, had to really be, I mean, we had to clean house, we had to do dishes, we had to do all of that. Uh, but we also worked in the garden, we worked out and uh, helped my mother uh, can vegetables in the summer. And uh, we always had, in northwest Arkansas, poultry is a big industry. So uh, we had uh, a number of chicken houses and we raised broilers and had hens that we uh, laid the eggs. I always had to, I had to feed the chickens and gather the eggs and uh, just a lot of farm chores like that. I never had to milk cows. We did have cows, but uh, I never had to do that. Uh, But it was, uh, there was a lot of fun in between. Oh, one of the neat things, uh, we had a huge uh, grape uh, vineyard. Uh, it was like 38 rows of Concord grapes. So, wow. uh, in, in the spring, we had to, uh, prune them and tie them up. And then in about July, June or July, uh, we had to pick the grapes and we would, uh, my father would take them to Welch's in Springdale and sell, sell them to Welch's. So, wow. uh, there was just, there was always chores to do, but I always had a lot of fun with my, uh, close neighbor. Um, who I grew up with, we played in the woods a lot, and we uh, just ran around the whole uh, countryside, walking and climbing trees, and just uh, just a good, fun time. Well, we're with my mother-in-law. It's Mother's Day weekend extravaganza. This is series one, part one of two, and uh, I'm just having the best time getting to know my mother-in-law. Uh, more than I ever did. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Happy Mother's Day out there. We'll be right back. In a 
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I miss the ride. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with my mother-in-law, Mom Nab. You can call her Mama Nab, but uh, our nurse Charlotte. She's an incredible mother-in-law, and she's really a, the whole in-law part doesn't make any sense to me anymore after 30 years of being married to her incredible daughter, Gwen. I love it. As time goes on, guys and girls are so different, and their memories are extremely different. And you know, as you go, you, the story of how you met and uh, and and what happened. You know, sometimes the grapevine changes, or the 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 message gets a little <laughs> bit foggy. From your, I got to do this with Dad Nab uh, with Charlie last year. What is your take and your recollection of the first time well, you guys I'm met? I'm sure that I have the complete correct memory. <laughs> well, of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I had been working as a registered nurse in Little Rock for three years after finishing school, and um, I was invited to go on a date with a, a, a guy who went to the same church I did. He was a lawyer in Little Rock, a nice guy, and uh, he invited me to go with him one Sunday uh, up to Conway. Well, at that time, the interstate was not uh, in. It was just like a two, two-lane road all the way, and it was like an hour, uh, an hour and a half, depending on traffic. I was not crazy about going with him, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a good excuse. So I said yes. Well, he brought me to Conway. We went out on the lake where he had a friend whose house was down the lake and went down to the lake, and Charlie was out. Charles Napos was out in his yellow boat on the lake. what I'm talking about. (laughs) He's a chick magnet. uh, He's He's ready. (laughs) The guy guy I had a date with knew him and waved him over, and so I spent the rest of the afternoon with he, and, uh, and there was a friend with Charlie, uh, the three guys at this. We did some skiing and so forth. Well, several weeks went by, and Charles called me, asked me out on a date for a, a Friday night. And it was the Friday night before the Razorback ball game on Saturday in Little Rock. And I was surprised that he wasn't calling to ask me to go to the ball game. But I was really excited when he called. It was just strange because I hadn't thought about him necessarily, but... I thought he was a really nice guy. I was very impressed with him. And I worked for Drs. Hollenberg and Jones, uh, two surgeons in Little Rock at that time, and our uh, the, our office manager was uh, a lady from Conway. And so I went in when I went back to work, and I said, well, do you know a Charlie Navajo from Conway? <laughs> I didn't, didn't even have his name right. And she said, uh, well, I believe you mean Charles Navajo. Anyway, Navajo. So we went out that Friday night, and he took me to the top of the Rock restaurant at Little Rock, which was very impressive. It are we a, are we talking the, love at the, love at second sight, possibly? <laughs> well, it was pretty well. It pretty well. Uh, we uh, had a wonderful dinner and time to get to know each other, and then uh, he asked me out for that Sunday afternoon. He was going to come down and just to see me. Well, he had a date Saturday night to the ball game. Is the reason he hadn't asked me to the ball game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was a girl that had come in from out of town, and so he was late for our date uh, Sunday afternoon <laughs> because he had to take her. Uh, anyway, she was, didn't want to go much. But the guy that I had a date with that, when I met Charlie 
asked me out again to go out to dinner uh, shortly after that. And uh, and I finally told him that, well, there was just no future for us and that I didn't want to keep making excuses until he got the idea. I said, you sent him packing. You know, the guy, I said, you're a wonderful guy and a great person, but I, there's just no future for us. So right, right. He took me home and walked me to the door and... I could tell he was really aggravated, but he called 30 <laughs> minutes later and told him that he really uh, appreciated me being honest with him like that. So Charlie saw him at a ball game two weeks later here in UC at uh, in Conway at the University of Central Arkansas and asked him about me. And he told us that uh, what I had done that I just told him. Yeah. I, there was, <laughs> uh, he said. She gave me the purple shaft. That was a phrase back then. <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> so uh, he gave Charlie my phone number. So, uh, but I mean, from that we hit it off from the very beginning, and uh, he started coming down to uh, Little Rock. Uh, oh, at least every Friday and Saturday night. Then it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Love and it. then it was Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And it was a long trip in those days. So we got married a year later. I am with my mama Nab, Charlotte Nabholz, and uh, I love hearing how my father-in-law, Charles and Charlotte, met, fell in love, got married. Now, you have an interesting story, Mom, about about bridesmaids' dresses, you and your buddies, your, your really good friends, and weddings. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the skinny on that? I lived with um, Gwen and Lavelle after we finished school and were working as uh, RNs in Little Rock. We lived together. For about three years, but Lavelle and I uh, got engaged and uh, were getting married uh, at the same time in the month of October. Well, Gwen did not get married till a um, couple of years later. But as I said, we were working and living on our own and had been on our own for some time, and we didn't expect our parents to pay for the weddings, and so we were having to be very frugal about. The wedding, and particularly Lavelle and I had to keep in mind that Gwen was going to be in both of our weddings, and that we needed to work away to for the bridesmaids' dresses. And since it was October, Lavelle and I both agreed that we liked emerald green, and so in the process, we found a dress. It was a satin uh, long shift dress, three quarter length, but it had a a long skirt. That, embossed skirt that could be attached at the waist. So uh, Lavelle and I decided that we would like to have that as our bridesmaid's dress, and Gwen could wear it uh, in my wedding. Gwen and Lavelle would wear it in my wedding <laughs> with the long skirt. That's crazy. And then Gwen and I would wear just the dress in Lavelle's wedding several yes. weeks later. Awesome. <laughs> well, and also it worked out where... Uh, my sister was my matron of honor, and Lavelle's <laughs> niece was her uh, in her attended in her wedding, and uh, so the same dress my sister could wear in my wedding, I could wear it in Lavelle's because we wore the same size, and that worked out for Lavelle and her niece. So <laughs> we only had to buy three bridesmaids' dresses for two weddings. Ingenuity because we had to be frugal. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny! That is the funniest thing. And uh, well, I understand you were out of the house already, so uh, you felt the responsibility of carrying the the expenses. You know, 
now I feel really bad, especially on Mother's Day weekend, <laughs> when I interview my mom and I realize that we had three weddings in six months. Oh, I know. That's I bad. Know. We're bad kids. <laughs> bad kids. Well, and we had three girls to get married, so it was a different story. But as I said, I had been out of school and working for three years in Little Rock as an RN, and right. uh, I had been totally on my own the minute I graduated from uh, school. In fact, I sent, uh, the hospital offered us, a, if we worked a year at the hospital, that they would give us our tuition back. Oh, yeah. And so I signed up for that, and I worked a year, and I sent the tuition money that my parents had paid for me to go to school, I sent back to them. I sent oh, the wow. check back to them. Oh, that and is then I noble. was on my own, and so I certainly had planned to, you know, take care of my wedding, because actually they they couldn't afford to anyway. So, right, right, right. Well, that's, uh, that's a heck of a daughter. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> heck of a daughter's on Mother's Day. So what's the story, if you don't mind me asking about Charlie, Dad and Ab, my father-in-law, everybody out there, purchasing your car to pay for your side <laughs> of the wedding? Because I love this. Well, because, well, I had bought a car uh, the year before, but I was still paying on it, of course. <laughs> and uh, so when Charlie asked me to marry him, and uh, then we really started talking seriously about it well i admitted i said well i i can't pay i can't <laughs> pay for a wedding and of course it was a catholic wedding you know i mean yeah, it was a million people uh, yeah if, i know if it had been <laughs> in a large family i mean he was the, tw- <laughs> the youngest of 12 children and right. all of these uh so it was, it was going to be a large wedding and a large catholic wedding where it, you know a lot was expected and the rn's budget and, Right, and I told him, I said, "Well, I I can't afford, I can't afford it to get married." So yeah. he he said, "Well, I'll buy your car." <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest. <laughs> so he buys your so, car so that you get to keep car, driving. Gave me an, well, of course. Yeah. Um, I guess he figured he'd probably have to buy me a car after we got married anyway. So why not? So. That, that was the best investment he ever made. <laughs> All right, Mama Nab. We're the birthplace of American music. You know that. I get to celebrate that all the time. I love holding that up and, 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 and you know, and just really uh, getting to, uh, you know, wear it on our sleeve and here in Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to hear a little Elvis Presley or Conway Twitty? Let's do Conway Twitty. You got it. We're talking to Mama Nab, Charlotte Nabholes, my mother-in-law. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Let's hear a little Conway. Well, the Mississippi River, Lord, it's one mile wide, and I'm gonna get me to the other side. Mississippi man, I'm losing my mind, gotta have your lovin' one more time. I'm gonna jump in the river, and here I go, too bad alligator, you swim too slow. Hey, Louisiana woman, Mississippi man, we'll get together the time we can. The Mississippi River can't keep us apart, there's too much love in this Mississippi heart. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sign on the door says down home cooking. Steve Azar, you're in a Mississippi Minute because that's how we roll all 60 of them. I said that backwards, but that's the way it goes. I am with my mother-in-law, Mama Nab, Charlotte Nabholz. We're digging through her life and we're going to get there. 
So four kids, you guys, uh, tell me how long did you do the nursing thing and then decide to, to just become a stay-at-home mom? Now, I know that's not fair for me to say that. First of all, any mother, we've seen how hard they have to work. It's harder than any job out there. I can promise you that. It's more time-consuming. It's more stressful. You know, it's more concerning, uh, more worrisome, especially when you're all in. I want to know when you sort of said, okay, I'm hanging up the official nursing outfit and be a nurse for my, my family. And, uh, so when, when, and I guess I was going to say you became extremely involved in community and you've been awarded so many times for your accolades, but we're going to talk about that. But when did you give that up? The nursing part? Well, when we got married, uh, of course I had lived in Little Rock and I was working in Little Rock. So I, I had to quit my job there because I was not going to go back and forth. Plus, Charlie really didn't want me to work, and I was happy to oblige. <laughs> I had been out on my own for three years. I had worked and, and managed all on my own. and But we, like I said, we both were a little older than most of our peers uh, when we got married. So we were ready to start a family. Yeah, and, uh, I love it. So I was happy. I loved uh, I love being at home. I always have. I've loved being able to be at home. I think it's a real privilege to be able to uh, afford to be at. Charlie was able to uh, earn a good enough living that I could stay at home. And, and, and I had four children in five years. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, that was, that was work. I needed to, need to be at home. And something that uh, that I don't know if you want to talk about the spherocytosis or yeah not. you know I, ha- I wanted to talk about that because as yeah. a little girl you struggled with your health and then obviously passed it on to the kids so talk about that spherocytosis it was uh well, it was something that's been hey it, i feel like it's part of the family <laughs> at this point well it really is <laughs> unfortunately well i unbeknownst to me uh it was hereditary uh when i was about 10 uh, around 10 um uh, I become I became suddenly very anemic in a, just like in a few hour time, and I really ended up having to have a blood transfusion. Well, a year and a half ensued where I was taken to the doctor practically every weekend for tests, and they could not determine what was wrong mm-hmm. until after that length of time in doing examinations each time, they realized that my spleen was enlarging. So the doctors told my parents, they said, well, if we take the spleen out, maybe there's a 50-50 chance this will help. They didn't know what it was. And so I had a splenectomy when I was 11 and a half and recovered from that and was fine. So I grew up thinking that I had a diseased spleen because no one else in my family on either side of the family, cousins, aunts, uncles, had any uh, signs of this disease. When Greg, our first child, our son was born, he uh, was more jaundiced than normal and lower blood count. So we uh, started at like a, a long study with the diagnostic clinic in Little Rock to diagnose what it was and finally found out what it is, spherocytosis. Which and means, for, it, for our listeners. Which means the uh, red blood cells are more round and fragile than normal, and they get trapped in the spleen, and then there's a resulting anemia from that. Well, you, removing the spleen uh, enables you to live normally. 
it does not cure the disease. And as it turns out, it's, it's a hereditary disease. And so all four of our children ended up with it. And five out of grand, seven grandchildren have yeah, it. Yeah, and two of ours. But, now, but but disease though is yeah. a tough word because it's it's something if you just if you do remove the spleen everything's hunky dory, right? Well, it's uh, yeah, it has been for me and yeah. all everyone yeah. in the family so far. That's crazy. Uh, I can't. I, so, did you grow up with the yellow eyes? Because our daughter Cecilia was the one most obvious. Uh, with the she, when she would have go into when she'd get any sort of cold or just get the the slightest bit under the weather, her eyes would go yellow. She becomes jaundice, and we noticed it became well, very lethargic. Uh, what happens is the uh, the the blood cells are broken down because your body is constantly trying to make good. Uh, new blood cells, uh, not every red blood cell is a spherocyte. So it can be to varying degrees depending on the number of spherocytes uh. your body makes. And so when the blood cells are broken down, that causes this uh, gallbladder and liver reaction that causes the jaundice. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I may have had uh, yellow eyes. I don't remember it that being a situation with my childhood, but uh, but it certainly is a factor with the disease. Okay, so let's talk about, um, uh, there's just some, some bullet points here. What's the Mustang red lip screeching out of the parking lot? What is that? Is that something Gwen sent me? Or <laughs> what is, this could be, this could be our, your daughter telling on something. What is that? Well, yes. Well, I had a, a very pale green Mustang for the first uh, probably ten years that we were married. Well, no, no, I had, I had. Oh well, yeah. Okay. I wish you still had that Mustang, just FYI. I know, I know. I wish I would uh, kept it anyway, but I sold it to my youngest brother, uh, and he kept it up on blocks for a while, and then he finally uh, sold it too. But uh, it was a real neat car, and when the children were all little. I could uh, put them in that back seat, and if they uh, acted up, I could just take one full swept my arm across the back and uh, handle them all. <laughs> so they remember uh, remember that car for it, it with their early childhood anyway. So I, love I don't it. know about the red lip stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll have to check with her on that. That's interesting that she brought that up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I want to get into the cleaning up Faulkner County and you know, cause I don't know who likes the floor cleaner and the streets cleaner more you or me. So, you know, it's one of my pet peeves to see a parking lot of a really nice establishment that's got litter everywhere. And I feel like they're making no effort and and the effort can be made. And so I've always been a little bit uh, OCD. Uh, my, uh, the person well, I met the most OCD besides you and me is John Daly, which people would probably never believe that. But he is extremely OCD and is a beautiful oh, really? thing. Yeah. Yeah. His bus is always spotless. OK, so so where well, talk about what got you motivated well, in 1991, I went to work for uh, George Fisher, who's a famous guy in Arkansas, a cartoonist and an artist that just done a lot of things. I mean, he's deceased now, but he had a uh, an advertising business, and I worked there for a brief time. I went to work there so that I could help Sarah because that's what she wanted to do, and she was in 
uh, college, getting ready to graduate, and she wanted to go into advertising. And I thought, well, if I can go into this, I can help. Anyway, I was driving back and forth from Conway to Little Rock all the time, and I would see all this litter on the highway. And I thought, this is just terrible. I remembered the days when we had uh, a litter campaign in Arkansas that, that really did clean things up. So I decided to look into it, and, and I called Keep Arkansas Beautiful, which was supposed to be the organization that looked at this, and I asked if there was going to be any campaign on cleaning up the litter. Well, to make a long story short, uh, I ended up organizing uh, Keep Faulkner County Beautiful. Uh, it was uh, uh, We were affiliated with Keep uh, America Beautiful, and I had a, uh, uh, to get it started here, I had uh, two of the representatives from Keep America Beautiful come to Conway and put on a work, three-day workshop where I had all of the teachers, a representative of every school in Faulkner County, a teacher from mm. every grade of, of, of every school in Faulkner County, come to the workshops on curriculum for the schools about litter and beautification and recycling. And uh, and out of that, I, I organized a committee and a group, and we, uh, we put on uh, cleanups and programs and, uh, in the schools and everything for the next 10 years. I was the uh, chairman and organizer of the, or, uh, of the, the group, and we did, we did a lot of a lot of wonderful programs in the area and had many, many people involved and the schools involved and promoted recycling and beautification and everything. Well, I retired <laughs> after 10 years and I, did, I turned it over, uh, the chairmanship over to someone that I thought would be excellent with it, but it has sort of uh, faded yeah. out, unfortunately. Yeah, well. And I, I'm still just, I still cannot get over the fact that people will throw trash out of their yeah. vehicles. We're talking to my mother-in-law. It's Mother's Day weekend, and I love her so much. Uh, she has been an incredible, you have been an incredible uh, uh, chapter uh, of my life that, uh, I mean, you're, a, you're an entire book now. You're not a chapter. You're not even, you used to be probably a sentence and then a page, a chapter. Now you're an entire <laughs> novel. So you're in Mississippi Minute. Have Mother's Day out there. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. When you've done all you need to do, and you've had more trouble than you can use, and you've painted every road that you can find. When you've seen the sunset coast to coast, and the rise and the fall, and the highs and the lows, and you're at the point where you know you're wasting time. Steve Azar, I'm with my mother-in-law, Mom Nab. You can call her Mom Nab. You've been awarded. You've seen you've seen your husband Charles, Dad Nab. You've seen him awarded so many times. Is that something that you feel like eventually came? You, do you think it was both of y'all's work, your work ethic, both growing up on a farm, 
uh, just you're always working. I guess is what I'm saying. And when you work that hard, you're doing and you're achieving and you're doing great things. Do you feel like that came from your upbringing? Well, I I think so. Um, and also, uh, Charlie being in the business that he is in, uh, and we've always been involved in the uh, in church activities and uh, community activities. Uh, one of the things that early on I, I did become a member of Conway Junior Auxiliary, which is uh, it's it's a lot like uh, you know a, a program where if women just that you have to put in so many hours of community service, and uh, I did work up and become the president of that, and it taught me so much about um, being, you know, service to, to the community, and I think it was kind of a training field, but no, I've been involved in many, uh, many organizations, and um, <clears throat> it just seems like a part of what I'm supposed to do as a citizen, do my part, and that's all the way I feel, and that's the way Charlie feels. We've always felt like, you know, we've got our, but I'm sort of uh, to the point where I feel like I've, I've, I've done my part. I'm retired now. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's talk about your your retiring. Except you've got so for for my listeners out there, I've never met anybody more competitive. I mean, I think Tiger Woods would have to look at you and go and look away. I don't think he could stare you down. Second of all. Uh, so she was a heck of an ath- athlete, but she loves to compete. So now it's bridge. Now you take bridge pretty dang serious. Now I don't want to talk about the hand and foot game. I don't even want to talk about it. It's too complicated and, <laughs> and nobody let me play. And I don't even know for our listeners. I don't even want to go through it. All right. Uh, so l- tell me about uh, bridge because, you know, you take it serious. Well, it's, uh, in my opinion, bridge is the ultimate card game. And it's a game that you can play at every level. More than go and fish. Started, You're not good. For no, no go fish. Okay, good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You started at every level. It's a little more complicated than go fish. <laughs> but uh, I've been playing it uh, for. I learned before I even married. Uh, got married, and I've been playing it all these years at at all those levels up to the point where I uh, play duplicate regularly, which and it's a. Um, a game in, in in tournaments where you get master points. But believe me, I am nowhere near <laughs> what so many other people are. Uh, but uh, you, after you get to a certain level, you learn a lot of conventions. And it, it's just, you can just keep going on in this game. It's unbelievable. I love but it. I enjoy it, and uh, I like playing it. And so that's one of my you know, main Pastimes. I love it. I love. It. All right, what are we having for a Mother's Day meal? What is it? What do we have planned? Are you? Oh, well, wait, 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 wait. you're got, not supposed to cook on Mother's oh, Day. We're supposed to cook for you or take you out. Well, the thing is, I always wait to hear what everybody wants to do. <laughs> I, I don't make plans till I because we don't always necessarily get together on Mother's Day because everybody has you know different places to go. So I just sort of hang loose till I hear from everyone what uh, what they want to do. I know, and so then, I don't have any plans. And then you make a plan, and we see it. So I, I love it because it's detailed. 
as as your daughters give you a lot of grief about but they don't they we we actually love to see the plan and it, it gets us excited about getting together and uh i'm gonna let well, you the go big plan coming up is easter we're all going to be together in favor on easter that's yeah. what i'm excited about yeah no 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 i know but easter would have already happened and this is mother's day weekend so you can't have that oh no no oh, no oh, will you can take that out <laughs> will okay. will will We'll take that out. Okay, anyway, no, sorry, sorry. Okay, no, no, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Anyway, so, all right, well, uh, Mom, I'm going to let you go do your thing. I'll be there to hug on you and kiss on you and uh, and serve you a glass of wine. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to see you. And I thank you for taking, especially for an Arkansas gal, taking a Mississippi Minute. That is cool right there. That is cool. So thank you for doing oh. that. Well, we love you, Steve, and thank you so much. We've been with Charlotte Nabholz, my mother-in-law, Mama Nab. You've been in a Mississippi Minute. Happy Mother's Day out there to all you wonderful, wonderful moms. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. It's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.